Good evening, college football fans. Big D here on a Thursday night, and uh, you know what that means. It's time for my college football playoff predictions. Before I tell you my who is winning the uh, Goodyear Cotton Bowl and the Capital One Orange Bowl, them all, please subscribe, like, and share the, guess what, Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. I know it says Spunky on the sign but when we know it's the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page, we can see all my content, whether it be NFL, college football, soccer, golf, NASCAR, Olympics, any of that. Also, check out the Big D Podcast on Spotify and Apple. I apologize for the technology issues. I don't know what's going on. I think we're having some internet issues at the house, but... We've got I think we've got everything settled, and uh, whew, can't believe it. It's almost almost 22, 2022, and you know what that means. The college football playoffs tomorrow night, and uh, I think we've got two outstanding matchups, two interesting games, and be honest, we got two different games because. In the first game, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens between Cincinnati and Alabama because first off with Cincinnati, the first group of five team in the playoff, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in seeing can a group of five team compete because with the big boys because we've seen group of five or lesser teams win BCS or New Year's Six games. Everybody remembers when Boise State beat Oklahoma in the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. I guarantee you, Nick Dayton remembers when Utah beat the Crimson Tide in the 09 Sugar Bowl and uh, UCF beat Auburn in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl a few years ago. But uh, this is going to be a different game for Cincinnati because... Georgia's been here. Alabama's been here. Yeah, Michigan has been here, but Michigan's a big enough program. I think they'll be ready. Cincinnati is the wild card because this is the first group of five team ever to make the college football playoff. The first group of five team to play this late in the season. And it's also maybe a step up in competition. I know Cincinnati went on the road, beat Indiana, beat a really good Notre Dame team. That's why the Bearcats are here. But he's saying Notre Dame and Ohio State should be here. Trust me. Ohio State should be in Pasadena and Notre Dame should be in Glendale, Arizona. Enough said. But Cincinnati deserves his chance. And yeah, if Cincinnati loses 31-15 to or whatever tomorrow, I don't think anybody would be surprised. But I do think we'll get a lot of answers. And if Cincinnati competes and pulls off a humongous upset, I think this opens the door for any team. Whether you're a group of five team, independent, heck, I mean, if Notre Dame can make the playoff, why couldn't, I mean, not just Cincinnati, but even a BYU, some of these schools, not true. Conference 311 is going to change a lot of this, but... 
This is a really good Cincinnati team. I know Georgia remembers Cincinnati from what happened in the Peach Bowl last year, but this is a really well-coached Cincinnati team. Luke Fickle is a really good coach, really good coach. I'm be honest, I was surprised Luke Fickle stayed in Cincinnati, but it seemed like a lot of big big teams were changing coaches. Oh, other guys left for jobs, whether it be on Lincoln Riley, left for Southern Cal, Maury Cristobal left for Miami. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for LSU, but Luke Fickle stayed in Cincinnati, and uh, Cincinnati has got itself a dang good coach. And, uh, I mean, if you look at this Cincinnati team, there are a couple things I really like about the Cincinnati team. I think they're fairly well balanced on offense. They're not, they don't rely on just the run or the pass. They can do a little bit of both. I think the key from Cincinnati and the mall is the key we've seen offensively will be Jerome Ford running. And Desmond Renner running and throwing. And interesting side note, Jerome Ford is an Alabama transfer. So in the NFL, there are a lot of revenge games of players playing against former teams, coordinators, head coaches, or head coaches going back to former places. Not often you see an ex-Alabama player potentially play against his old team, but that is going to happen the wall for J- Jerome Ford. And Jerome's played really well this year. Thousand, uh, let me see, 1,200 yards. Coming off 187-yard performance in the AC Championship win over Houston. And uh, I really feel like in Cincinnati, he's got a chance of staying in this game. Ford's got to run the ball at least 20-something times. Because, yes, Alabama has got a great run defense. That's the tied YouTube tip. But even if you only get in two, three, four yards, the threat of the run makes this Cincinnati team different. Because if you can't just gear your eyes on the quarterback, and think a little bit about the running back, it takes the pressure off Ritter to do everything. Because the, I, I think Cincinnati's going to have to run Desmond Ritter more. Is he Colin Murray running the ball? No. Is he trying to think of the quarterbacks who've given Cam Newton, Nick March, of some of these quarterbacks who've given Alabama trouble? No, but... Ritter is a little bit of both. He's a good passer and a good enough runner. And to me, having that dual threat ability will matter in this game because Cincinnati's going to need to convert those third and threes, third and fours, third and fives, because Cincinnati's going to try, will try and keep Alabama's offense off the field, which means third down efficiency will be a key. And from what I've seen with Cincinnati, if you get those guys going, this Cincinnati team's different on offense. Yes. Has Cincinnati faced any team like Alabama? No. Have the Bearcats faced anybody like Bryce Young? 
No. But I think Cincinnati should get an opportunity of playing against the number one team in the country. The fact that Cincinnati is in the spot, the fact we're talking about Cincinnati playing and not Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. I mean, after tomorrow, Cincinnati is going to play more college football playoff games than Texas, Southern California, Miami, Florida, Nebraska, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and Stanford combined. Just saying. Cincinnati, Ohio is not exactly known for and Cincinnati's a not exactly known for winning national championships in college football. But, but again the key for Cincinnati will be for running the ball and really doing a little bit of everything. Defensively for the Bearcats, I think it's probably the strength of this team because Cincinnati may have the most overlooked cornerbacks in college football. They don't have the Bearcats don't have one great corner. They've got two. Ahmad, maybe the best name in college football this year. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, 6'3, 200 pound lockdown corner, and Kobe Bryant, the Jim Thorpe Award winner as the nation's best deep B. In fact, Gardner has not allowed a single touchdown catch in more than a thousand coverage snaps. And Bryant successfully defended 45 career passes. Not bad. Not bad. And Cincinnati's not just got a good defense. The Bearcats have got a great defense. Typically, quarterbacks cannot throw the ball in Cincinnati. They average for one. I think Cincinnati allows, what, 168 passing yards a game. And quarterbacks barely complete over half their attempts. And generally, the Bearcats don't like giving up touchdowns. Only allowed 10 passing touchdowns while intercepting 18. And tomorrow, yes, Mechie is out, but you get the best quarterback in college football and probably the best wide receiver in college football in Jameson Williams. So you've got maybe the best passing defense secondary in college football against the best quarterback wide receiver combo in college football. So... It's a little different because you think Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State would have the best secondary. Cincinnati has got a case finding the best secondary in college football this year. Tomorrow, we're going to see what Cincinnati can do against Bryce Young and Williams. Now, Alabama. Oh, what a surprise. Alabama's the one team in the country. A bad year in Tuscaloosa. I mean, this is a little different Alabama team from last year. Last year may have been the most dominant Alabama team I've ever seen. I mean, I, I don't know that 2019 LSU versus last Alabama team would might be like 63-62, decided on a two-pointer at the end. But 
This is a different Alabama team. Alabama won four SEC games by single digits. Florida, LSU, Arkansas, and Auburn, and lost to Texas A&M. But Alabama finally put it all together in the SEC championship game against Georgia to not only earn a spot in the playoff, but get them in one seat. A couple interesting side notes about Alabama. The Tide have only, the Tide have won all but one college football playoff semifinal game. That was the 2015 Sugar Bowl against Urban Meyer and Ohio State when Ezekiel Elliott ran for eight million yards and Carter Jones, yes, Carter Jones, Devin Stringer, won in the ones. And I think Alabama is 5-0 and in Jerry. So, <laughs> the Tides, A, don't lose in Arlington, Texans, and B, generally don't lose in the college football playoff semifinal. Now, they might lose to Clemson the national championship, but that, but of course, Clemson played last night in the Cheesy Bowl, so... This is a different Alabama team than what we used to see. We used to see physical Alabama run the ball. But the last couple of years, Alabama changed. It's not a physical offensive line. It's a pass, pass, more pass-oriented offensive line. I mean, we all saw what Tua did the last couple of years. Matt Jones did last year. I can't believe I'm saying this. Bryce Young's better than both. I mean, who saw the end of the um, Iron Bowl and thought Bryce Young was amazing? Oh, in the SC Championship against the number one defense in college football, and Bryce Young ate him for breakfast after the Tide gave up. It seemed like an endless number of sacks against Auburn, but. To me, when I see Bryce Young play, I think confidence, I think calmness, and this guy's just only getting better. He is only getting better. That is scary. That is scary that Bryce Young is only a true freshman. Really? He's a true freshman. A true freshman. Well, retro freshman, excuse me. Retro, but I'm not sure if true would matter, but how about these stats for Bryce Young? 4,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, four interceptions. Wow. Wow. And Alabama average almost 350 passing yards a game while rushing for less than 150. Not often you see an Alabama opponent outrat rushing the time, but that's exactly what happened. But to me, if Alabama's gonna win this game, it's gonna it's not gonna necessarily be on the running game, but it'll be on Bryce Young throwing. Yes, Cincinnati's got a great secondary. They haven't seen the best quarterback in college football play. And yes, I know. Some people say, what will Mechie's absence mean? 
Not having matches a big loss for Alabama. But find me a team with more five-star kids than Alabama. Uh, yeah. One wide receiver goes down. Oh, wait, they've got another five-star kid. They've got another five-star kid. The tie will be fine. They're going to be fine. Jameson Williams is fine. He might actually be better than Matchy. To me, if Cincinnati can't get pressure on Bryce Young, he will rip Cincinnati. He will rip the Bearcats apart all night. If he gets, if the Tide give him a clean pocket, Bryce Young is going to throw for a bunch of yards in this game. The X factor for Alabama offensively, besides the offensive line, is how healthy and maybe effective Brian Robinson is. Because unlike in Past years where the Tide could wear down teams they're running. Alabama's not a great rushing team this year, only at not even averaging 150 yards a game. I mean, Robinson, I mean, Alabama's produced so many quality running backs the last 10, 12, 15 years. Derrick Henry, Najee Harris last year, Damian Harris. Harris, uh, Trent Richardson. I mean, it seems like the Tide can produce an endless supreme uh, su- li- supply line of tailbacks, but I don't think Brian Robinson's quite in that group, banged up toward the end of the year. But the break between the SC Championship and the playoff tomorrow will get his injuries healed, and I think we'll see Robinson be himself. And I would not want to face Robinson late in the game because you get that physical downhill style together with Williams and Young. It can be it can be dawning facing that that late in the game. So I think Alabama they can protect Bryce Young will have have a field day against Cincinnati. For picking that game, I I, I, I mean, I, I really want to see Cincinnati maybe not compete, but I think Alabama's too strong. Tide have been here before. I don't know. Cincinnati might be a little nervous in this game. I mean, could Cincinnati keep it close for a while? Probably. I mean, if... I mean, maybe the fact that Cincinnati is a dollar. You wonder if Luke Fickle might take a few chances tomorrow. But in the end, I think Alabama wins this game quite comfortably. I think 13 after. I think Alabama not only wins and covers comfortably. Maybe Cincinnati gets a back to a touchdown. But Alabama should win. The tie never lose in Jerry Ward and I don't think that changes them all. Another game that I can't believe we're going to see. Georgia and Michigan in the Capital One Orange Bowl. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh boy. Get your popcorn ready because this is going to be a slugfest. I mean, for the the. Entire regular season, Georgia was the best team in college football. 
I don't think there's any question about that. Georgia dominated teams for his defense. I mean, if you scored a touchdown, you should have celebrated like it was Mardi Gras because Georgia didn't like him enough touchdowns. Let's see, I mean, Georgia's defense was not uh, had not allowed more than what 17 points until the FC title game, and then Alabama put up a boatload. So the question with Georgia is: Was the SC championship game an outlier with potential problem? Because if you throw away this SC championship game, Georgia's been the best team all year. Particularly, you can't run on them because you can't throw on them, and you can't score on them. So let's see: You can't run. Can't throw, and you can't score on it. That's that's not not bad, not bad. How about this? You want to hear these stats? Georgia's defense allowed eighty-one rushing yards a game and one hundred seventy-two passing yards. Hey, yeah, that would be two hundred and fifty-four yards a game. But in the SEC championship game against Alabama, let me see if I can find find these stats. Bryce Young threw for 421 and three touchdowns. While Alabama did not allow a sack. And the Tide won the game 41-14. So, again... The question with Georgia is, was that game just an outlier or a potential problem that Michigan couldn't exploit? Georgia offensively, Stetson Bennett's been a good game manager all year. He's not, not really been asked to do much. 24 touchdowns, 7 picks. I mean, a lot of people wondering whether CJ, whether Daniels potentially could play or make an impact in this game if Georgia fell behind. But I and really, with everything I'm being told, I think Bennett plays the whole game. Maybe Daniels comes in as a change of pace. Maybe if the Bulldogs needed something. But I think this is Bennett's job. He's playing well enough. And... I think against Michigan with those great pass rushers, Bennett's mobility matters more in this game because maybe he can elude the pass, the great dynamic duo on the outside. The question with George is, can they protect Bennett, run the ball, and keep those pass rushers off Stetson Bennett all night? Because Stetson Bennett's running for his life, life it could be 6-3. And for Georgia, you know if Kirby Smart, you know the Bulldogs are going to try and run the ball. Georgia's got so many tailbacks, so they can bring different tail, different kinds of tailbacks. They can bring a receiver, a downhill guy, a speed guy, a bunch of different guys. But Georgia's best weapon this year is uh, Mr. Beck, is Brock Bowers, a true freshman. Men from Napa, from California, 47 catching for almost 800 yards, 
but 11 touchdowns. He's a matchup nightmare. He's a matchup nightmare. And when Georgia gets in the red zone, it will look for Dallas. So, And uh, in this game, I think both teams will try and use their tight ends. So I think Bowers could be in play. I would wonder about Pickens' knee because four weeks, I mean, you got some game action toward the end of the season. But can Pickens make a couple big plays? Because I think this game's going to be very low scoring. One or two plays will probably determine this game. And if you can break one, it may be the difference between watching the national championship game or playing the national championship game. And then, how about Michigan? What a story this is this season, man. I mean, last year a lot of people wanted Jim Harbaugh fired from Michigan. A lot of people like he can't coach. He can't coach. He can't do this. He can't do that. Well, this year, Michigan's back. It's not Ohio State in the playoff. It's not Michigan State. It's not Penn State. It's Michigan. And to be honest with you, the fact Michigan's in the playoffs, not just great to have the winners program in college football history, but having a having Michigan Finally make the playoff shows. It's not just Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame. There are other teams capable of making the playoff. And this year, Michigan's won it for a multitude of ways. I mean, when I think of Michigan, I think the best pet dynamic duo of pass coaches in college football. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson deservedly was the highest win finalist. With 14 sacks. How good has Hutchinson been this year? Goodness sake. David with 11 sacks has been great himself. And together, those guys not just help each other, but cause havoc because you can't because you can't double team both of them. So who do you cover? Do you try and cover Hutchinson or Joe? And uh, by the way, Jerpo is a great story from Scotland. I think from Scotland. Born in Nigeria. Uh, born in Nigeria, but I think it was actually. Born in Nigeria. <laughs> Ray is intended. Academy and pl- playing f- college football at the University of Michigan. So he's an unbelievable story. And Hutchins, one of my favorite players in college football. So can if Michigan could somehow get a lead, those pack rushers could have a field day tomorrow night. And then with Michigan offensively, here's an interesting stat people don't know. Michigan's like one of the leaders in like big plays. Like I think Michigan's like Number one in the country in 50-year-old plays. You don't think of Jim Holbrook team being a great big play team, but Michigan can make big plays. Remember, 
in the Big Ten championship game. They can do double passes, reverses, make all kinds of big plays. And with the running back, and talk about running backs, well, Michigan will bring a whole bunch of running backs. How good was Hassan, not just against Ohio State, but uh, Michigan's got three or four capable running backs. In this game, so again, both teams are going to want a great running game, which means run the ball downhill, second and five, third and two, and have limited and have easy, easy third down so they could. Not just win the time possession, but keep the other team off the field. Yeah, Haskins ran for almost 1,300 yards, 20 touchdowns. Blake Holmes scored 11 himself. So between them, 31 touchdowns this year. And, uh, yeah, Cade McNamara, a lot like Stetson Bennett, more of a game manager. Not really going to line it up with a whole lot of yards. 15 touchdowns, four picks. This year, so it's a so it's a little bit of a throwback offense. I mean, in a in an era where we're seeing teams throw the ball 50, 60 times, Georgia, Michigan might be what we saw in the 80s and 90s, where teams would throw the ball maybe 20, 25 times and instead run the ball and just play good defense. But uh, an interesting X factor for Michigan, the mole, could be Andrew Anthony, the true freshman from East Lansing. Yeah, true freshman from East Lansing. I'm wondering, Sporty, remember that. This kid turns out to be a stall. But Anthony brings a lot of speed. And in this kind of a game, that game breaking ability will matter because. Both teams will probably try to stack the box. If you could break one over the top, and Michigan does it be- better than a lot of other teams. And remember what happened against Michigan State when Anthony caught six balls for 155 yards and two touchdowns. Happened that game-breaking wide receiver will man. Because if you can break one for six for 80, you not only score – it's a game changer. It's momentum booster. It gets your team all fired up. Gets the adrenaline pumping. So, I think Anthony, Andrew Anthony, is a huge potential game breaker tomorrow. To be honest, I think this is a go either way game. I would not be surprised if either team wins it. I think. I think. Georgia might have a little something more than Michigan, but I think it's a one-score game. I think there's a 24-20 game. I would not be surprised if Michigan wins. Beyond Michigan's, the last two games against Michigan, uh, Ohio State and Iowa were the best I've seen Michigan play in a long time. And here's an interesting fact. Last time Michigan played in the Orange Bowl, guess who was the Wolverines quarterback? Tom Brady, 
against Alabama. Michigan won on a miss extra point. Would it be would it be coincidence if Michigan won against another SC team tomorrow night and returned to Indianapolis for the college for the national championship on January tenth? <laughs> that would be something if Michigan played in an national championship. But I can't wait for them all. It's New Year's Eve. We're gonna party watching all of these games tomorrow. <sighs> I hope I'm right, but be honest, I have no idea. I, I, I'm not sure what happens tomorrow. So thanks for hopping on. We may or may not have a video tomorrow, but uh, Happy New Year. Watch your college football tomorrow, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.